I'm going to ask um, you to turn the corner with me, and I think that it's, this is pertinent and relevant, and um, I must tell you that uh, when the words come as quickly as they did for this, and I only have 16 minutes to do this, I'm just going to read something to you. But before that, there's a scripture I want you to turn to in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. I will read those uh, to you, and then um, I'm going to read a document that I have written, and um, we'll bless the Lord, join hands, and call it a day. Amen? All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 11. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, that which also you received and in which you stand. He said, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. I'm just going to tell you the stuff that the adversary has planned for this country and against the church and against the family, against everything sacred. The only way to stand against it will be to stand on the truth of the gospel. By which you also are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all First of all, that's my title, first of all. I delivered to you, first of all, here at the beginning of the year, right? First of all, that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, Peter, and by the twelve, you can watch the chosen, see a good uh, rendition. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. They couldn't bring themselves to say the word die. After that, after your, yeah, you know, with your Savior being resurrected, it's like, uh, die. It's just taken on a whole new meaning, you know. Seven. After that, he was seen by James, his brother. Then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. It tore his heart every time. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's not your history that will define you. It is your encounter with Jesus Christ that will define you. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. 
Let's just put a pin in that right there. Today, at our first gathering of this year, I'm going to defer to the Apostle Paul when he says, first of all, I delivered to you that which I also received. Firstly, talking about the gospel, he's putting the gospel as first priority. So a thousand prophetic voices is a wonderful thing to think about and to pray about. But something even more wonderful would be a thousand people accepting Christ. A thousand people receiving Jesus Christ and they leveraging another 7,000 who accept Jesus Christ. Hmm. Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. So first of all, let's remember what the gospel is not. The gospel is not a religion, a creed, nor a philosophy. The gospel is not a religion. It's not a creed. It's not a philosophy. The gospel is not transferred by parents, by race, or by education. The gospel cannot be bought. The gospel cannot be uh, sold. Therefore, it cannot be stolen. The gospel is not good news about our church, our pastor, or our denomination. God help us, it is not good news about our political party. But what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ. The gospel is a grace that I received by a story that was shared about a debt that was paid by a Savior who died to set me free from my sin and its penalty, death, or the death angel, if you will. The gospel is not only a grace received, but a spirit that is imparted by a word that was released that has changed my life. The gospel saved me, and the gospel changed me. So I'm not just forgiven. I'm in process of being transformed. The gospel is altogether a work of God to the embarrassment of all mankind. The gospel is altogether a work of God to the embarrassment of all mankind. With three distinct actions from Christ. Number one, Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Number two, he was buried. He was truly dead. Number three, he was raised to life on the third day. That's the gospel. Jesus died. Sins were paid. He was really dead. So dead. He was deader than dead. And he was raised to life on the third day. All according to the prophecies of the scriptures fulfilling the message that Jesus Christ is none other than the Messiah. Note, the gospel is active but not latent. 
not visible until someone has to share it. Someone shares the seed. Someone must receive that seed. When shared, when received, a process is activated. The gospel is more than a message about Jesus. The gospel is the process of releasing Jesus into the life of another. Therefore, the gospel is more than just a message. It is the release of a mighty transformational power. And that power is effective even if you don't believe. When the gospel was shared with me, the Holy Spirit quickened my heart to hope and to believe that perhaps Jesus loved me. I stood before him naked, broken, and guilty in the sight of the cross. Previously, I was without hope, without an appeal, all on my own, without an advocate to plead my case, until the Spirit of God convicted me to repent of my sin and appeal to the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. And in that moment, Rich Klein, guilty, condemned, sinner, for the law, uh, before the law of God, died with Christ. Death fought me hard. Three days I fought death in the tomb with Jesus Christ until I was truly dead, without hope, except for Christ. But my tomb became God's womb for when the Spirit of God quickened Jesus, consuming his corpse, releasing new life, Jesus was raised from the dead, alive again. And when he arose, I arose with him, and we walked out of the tomb into a new creation. We were Adam again. Yes, Adam 2.0. Nothing shall be impossible for God. I hope you're tracking with me putting myself in the place you and I are supposed to consider ourselves dead with Christ so we can be raised with Christ. I was not only forgiven, I am changed. For the gospel is much more than just a message about Jesus. It is a spiritual encounter with Jesus, the living God. And the power of God working with me, within me is called grace. Grace. Grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sin. I was, I am saved from the power of death and sin by God's grace. I'm hoping that you understand this is how we can stand against the wiles of the wicked one because his lies are so deceptive that unless you stand in the grace of God, you'll not be able to withstand him. Amen. By God's grace, through faith, gospel birthed in me when I looked away from myself and I looked to Jesus and now he's my savior. He's my Lord. I'm no longer my own. I was bought with a price, a huge price. 
And lovingly I belong to him. With all my heart I will love him. With all my breath I will worship him. By God's grace I will hold fast to the gospel that was shared with me. I will not let this gospel go except that I open my hand to give it to you. Now, I have given you that which was first of all given to me. Christ died for my sins. He was buried. He rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. And I am the least of all the apostles who is not worthy to be called a believer, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. So receive the gospel and give it away. P.S. The gospel remains a mighty power even when rejected. If the gospel is constantly resisted and constantly rejected, it opens the door for the death angel to have authority against my unprotected house. And I will stand before God guilty. Would you please stand with me? I'm going to invite um, my mom and my mother-in-law to come up and stand with me. I wondered how I would do this. Um, Kelly just felt prompted by the spirit that, that my mom and Rich's mom um, should be honored in some way as we launch this um, One in a Thousand Voices. And as Rich just shared, come up here, moms. Um, just shared about, you know, if we, if we reject that word, it affects our, our homes, it affects our, our families. And these two amazing women, this is my mom, and this is my mother-in-law. And, um, but I am so thankful that these women shared the gospel with us as children. Yeah, and their moms shared the gospel with them. It's generational. Some of you are first-generation believers. Some of you have accepted Jesus, and you are the first ones in your family line to accept Jesus into your lives. And this is what can happen as a result of that. That you can have a relationship with Jesus that you can share with your children, your grandchildren, those that, that are near, those that are far. And this thing can be generational. Yes, amen. We are so grateful and this is not because of anything we've done, but it's because of the grace of God that our children are all serving the Lord from generation to generation. Jesus, we, 
we receive you. If you have never received Jesus, and if this word has touched your heart this morning, and you, it's just so simple. It really is very simple. The message of the gospel is, is simple, and yet it will require everything from you. It will require what we started off this service with is, here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. It's going to require a laying down of our own agenda and our own, the things that we want to a greater love. So Jesus, we, we just pray that you would come in such a, a precious way and would you, by your spirit, would you just call men and women, children, grandmas, grandpas, would you just let them hear you inviting them into relationship with you? Jesus, we thank you that you were obedient to the Father, even to the point of death on the cross that you laid down your life willingly so that we could be set free from sin, that you paid a price that we could never pay. And because of what you did, we inherit eternal life and are restored to relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we thank you so much for that.